Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure, as always, to have you here listening. Welcome to a solo episode coming in hot on November 1st. This is an evening recording. Y'all will probably be listening to this two weeks from now, so things will, of course, be a little bit different, but I've just been feeling the pull all day long to jump on the mic speak some words, share my thoughts, and see where it goes. I do have a bit of a theme for the episode overall, and that is an experience I had about two weeks ago from today in which I had a quote-unquote fitness assessment at the new gym I started. And I'll go all into it in a bit here, but essentially it plays a part in my recovery journey from an eating disorder and body dysmorphia and exercise addiction. And I think it's something that a lot of us struggle and grapple with. And so I wanted to share my thoughts and insight on it. But first, I of course have to give a little bit of a life update because I hope that if you're listening to these episodes, you're at least semi-invested in this chaotic nature that is my life. I mean, we all have chaotic natures, you know, but sometimes you just don't, you know, like this is the best way I can explain it. I look up, I feel my life, right? I'm living in it. And I'm like, this is a shit show. What's happening? Things are falling apart. I just want like it to be fine and normal and grand again. And so then I listen to other people who are explaining and venting about their own life feeling that way. But to me, it's comforting, right? Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going through it too. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to share the chaos that is my life because I'm sure it resonates in one way or another with some of you guys. Plus, I think some parts of it are just freaking comical. So, <laughs> But as of currently, oh, I have the foster pup, Callie. She's going to be finding a new home real soon here, I think. It's been amazing to have her, but it's just really, really hard right now. Mind you, this is November 1st, so I don't know where she'll be by the time this episode comes out, but been really hard to have her for like almost quite literally a month and a half almost two months I think at this point and to love her so much but to know very much so deep in my heart I cannot keep her and I have to give her up and oh I can't even talk about it it's gonna make me cry I need to talk about it in therapy tomorrow but like holy hell upset that I put myself in this situation when I already have so much like pain and stress to work through, but I also think it was a good learning experience. I think she taught me a lot about how I want to better show up for my current pets I do have, Timber and the cats, and she also taught me about where my limits are and how I always seek out like another form of, like I always try to add something into my life once I've taken out something else. And I was transitioning work things. I let go of a few work opportunities to make more space for myself. And then I immediately brought her in as a foster and added just as much stress and time commitment back into my life to take care of her. And I'm back at my breaking point. I'm back into my anxiety, depressive, overwhelmed state. And so it's just been a reality check lesson of this is my pattern, this is my habit, and it's time that I break that cycle. So that's been a bit hard. Um, But on a more exciting note, I am about to move actually probably pretty close to when this episode comes out, if not like a week or two after. And as of now, I have some very exciting potential 
but I'm not sure where it stands yet exactly. So I'm in this in-between limbo of not having any clue what's happening, but having a lot of hope. So I'll leave it at that until I have some answers, but let's just say if things work out, I'm going to be really excited. I'm going to be really proud of myself for like pulling this off. (laughs) So I'll have to record another episode all about that. But otherwise, life's been going along. I was in a bit of a depressive state for about two to three weeks there. My grandma passed away. Things with Callie were just getting hard with like adopters pulling out at the last second. Me not wanting to love her anymore, but falling more and more in love (laughs) with her. Um, Stress about moving. Stress about not getting to go home work stuff, personal life things, you know, and then liking a guy, but not having him like you back or not knowing if he does because he's in a relationship, (laughs) you know, like all, all the things, all the things. And they were just piling up. And it's only been the last few days that I finally start to, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting out of it. I saw this, um, this like meme or whatever on Instagram. No, it wasn't a meme. It's this account I love to follow. I'll try to link it in the show notes if I can find it later. But he did this video of like what it feels like when you start climbing out of a depressive episode. And he was, it was this beautiful soundtrack. And then he was literally just like spinning around in this long flowy dress. And it so accurately captured that feeling of relief freedom expression that you start to feel as you come back into yourself after a depressive episode or depressive state and like oh it was just such a like little reminder of like this is why I do the work I do this is why I keep working on myself and pushing myself and having compassion for myself and all of these things is because I want to get to the point where those depressive episodes are less and less in my life and I'm feeling more and more like me every single day so Cheesy, cliche, I don't know, but it's the truth and it's what I'm feeling and it's what I'm going for. (laughs) Um, And then last little fun bit I'll share is actually last night, yeah, so on Halloween, October 31st, we wanted to do like a little staff Halloween party at Two Hands where I manage and we decided to close the restaurant for the night and had this dope-ass party, like the drinks, the food, karaoke, beer pong, flip cup, good conversation what else do we have a projector set up for games and videos and movies and like just the most fun group of people you could imagine like 30 of us and oh my gosh it got fun I was kind of mixing this very alcohol heavy punch with frozen margarita so after about one drink and within an hour like I was I was flying high and I mean it was fun like I don't drink that much but when I do, I, it doesn't take much and it's just fun. You know, I've had a few hard weeks and it was nice to have a night where alcohol or not, like I would just let myself forget about work and have fun and laugh. And I laughed so much. Oh my God. At the one point during flip cup, I went to drink the water, but I was like already kind of laughing. And so the water went down the wrong pipe, like in my throat. So I start coughing and I, my instinct was to literally cough the water all over the table as one does. But I turned around really fast and like coughed it back into my cup. And then I tried, then I kept, I had the water like still stuck in my throat. So I was like coughing and heaving and laughing. And they were like, go, 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 it's your turn. So my friend Taylor had to take over and like somehow our team still won. But oh my God, it was such a fiasco. And then we went out for a bit after. And then I, I was, we were right by my apartment. So I walked home, but it was just so fun. And one of those nights where at the end of it, I was like, wow, I've not laughed that hard in so long. I feel so happy. 
and just content. And it was just a good reminder of like those special people in your life that really just light up your world. And whether they're, you know, just in it for this chapter or they're meant to stay, like, damn, the power of connection just never ceases to amaze me. So there are some highs and some lows of my life lately, and maybe it gets you thinking about some or resonating in some way, but to move on and get the ball rolling (laughs) on today's actual episode topic, I suppose. Um, I wanted to talk about my, yeah, recent experience I shared earlier in which I started going to Equinox, which some of you may not know what that is. Some of you may be rolling your eyes because you're like, what the fuck? That's expensive. And some of you maybe go, but it's a very nice gym. It's located literally three minutes down from my place of work. And I have three or four friends that go there already. And so it took me a long time to work up to this place, but with my soon-to-be move and some more budget adjustments, I was able to fit the cost, which for me is $185 a month, into my monthly expenses. And to me, it's worth it because you get unlimited classes, you get the open gym, um, and it's just the gym environment that I personally do best in. So... And it's right by work, so I can go right after work. I don't have to, like, drive anywhere. Um, There's, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of things that I was here for. So I thought, why not? But anyway, as part of this intro to it, you're offered a complimentary sort of fitness assessment and then a complimentary training session. And I wasn't going to do it. Oh, my gosh. Do you hear that dog barking? This is why I am excited to leave this apartment complex. So many people, so many dogs, all the time. Like, no wonder my cortisol is through the roof. There's always something going on triggering me. As you can hear me getting triggered right now. (laughs) It's this little dog named Lily. And every time she walks by, she does this. Just yipping and yipping and barking the entire time. And then she sets Timber off. And then she sets Callie off. And then everybody's barking, and then I try to pull them in. It just goes on and on. Maybe she's done. But anyway, so they offer these complimentary, you know, assessments, training, whatever. And I was like, you know what? It's free. I love free shit. Might as well do it. And it was almost also almost like a challenge to myself because I, for the longest time, I haven't weighed myself in years. Like the last time I saw my weight was probably about two years ago now when I was getting all my tests and blood work and everything done for hep C treatment, I kind of challenged myself to see my weight then. And I haven't seen it since. And then also, like as some of you may know, I have had a just quite the journey when it comes to disordered eating and exercise addiction. From about 11 to 17, I was just like really struggling in the depths of it. Um, I guess like just for some backstory before I dive into this current experience. For me, like my entire relationship and experience with the world of diet culture and disordered eating and exercise and exercise, what would turn into an almost addiction obsession was just like a real need for control in my life. It was a need for distraction, something for me to really anchor to in the midst of extreme trauma in my life. I was able to control my food and my exercise, and then with that, I hoped to control my body and appearance. And I mean, there were times in which I was counting how many jelly beans I ate to ensure that I burned off that exact amount of calories in my workout. Days in which I forced myself to wake up at like 5 a.m. to work out before school, and then I'd eat, because I never made myself not eat, 
but I'd eat literally hardly anything at all, like enough for a child, and then come home and run like three to five miles every day or do another workout or go skiing or swimming, like depending on the season, whatever it was. And then I'd be walking my dog after dinner, like just in constant motion, like always pushing myself to quite literally like exercise with every meal. You know what I mean? Like I, in my head, I was just so absorbed and obsessed and stuck in the cycle that it was like all about the calories to me and calories in, calories out and all this toxic diet culture, just like bullshit. And right, some of it, sure. It might be scientifically proven. It might be a fact, but it was not what I needed at the time. And so there were just so many times in which I just was pushing myself past my limits like every single day. And I was doing it to just really be caught up in this cycle. And so it's been about two to three years now that I've been able to really start to make progress from that part and journey of my life. I mean, you know, I'm now 21, almost 22, and I'm actually just now in the past probably like year or so starting to feel free from like all those ways of disordered eating and the exercise addiction and calorie counting and orthorexia and quote unquote clean eating and all of that. But there are still things that come up and I still get triggered and I stumble a bit, but I keep trying and I keep getting back up and I've really started to shift my focus from this micro view to the macro view of life, right? So back then the micro view of the day to day was exercise to burn off X amount of calories, exercise to make my body look this way. And I'm now on this point of the macro view where I want movement and I want to work my body so that my body is strong and capable and just able to carry me through this life, right? Like, I'm not going to lie. I do have some, like, I still have those, like, aesthetic ideals that diet culture and the media push me to appeal to. Right? Like I've shared openly on here before, I really struggle with accepting my body in regards to my thighs and my butts and my abdomen. And I think we all have those areas of our body that really challenge us and how we can come to be neutral with them or accept them. And so, yes, there are still times where I get caught up in the aesthetics of what exercise or movement is portrayed to us as through media. But I'm slowly working to get to that point where movement is this intuitive practice for me. And it's something that I go to and I utilize and I rely on to help maintain and care for my mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Something that provides me with release of energy and emotions. Something that provides my body with strength and flexibility and balance and all these key aspects to just living an active lifestyle like I do. I want to be able to serve for my eight-hour shift at work, and I want to be able to walk my dogs on these long hikes and to upkeep with, like, the busy, chaotic life that I live, right? Like, I want to properly maintain my body for the life that I am living now and the life that I hope to live. But it can get tricky at times when those past beliefs, past behaviors... And current media, current, you know, whatever's coming at me start to be triggered and start to make me think one way or another. And so getting this fitness assessment felt a bit scary because I was like, what will this show me or tell me about my body that might trigger something like this, right? Like, will I see my weight or will they say, 
your BMI is this or whatever it is. And then I have to be the one to decide what's true and what's not, or regardless of that, what I'm open to taking in and what I'm not, and then choose how to react to it. And so for me, it was, that was like my sort of mindset thought process going into it. And so we did the movement assessment and that was fine, right? She was seeing like, how does my left side move in comparison to my right? Like what parts of my body kind of struggle in certain movements? And that was all really neat and fascinating. And then we went into this room and that's where the like body assessment part comes in. And I will say the woman I'm working with there, Elizabeth, is like absolutely amazing. And I would actually love to have her on the podcast. I should talk to her about it. But her backstory is that she was a professional gymnast. She And she shared openly about how she struggled all her life with body dysmorphia because of that. And she's been in the position where she was told to lose weight and do this and do that and look like this. And she's seen how damaging and toxic it can be. And she took you know, years to get out of that herself. And so, yes, she is a a trainer and yes, she's about fitness and she is able to take in this information about your body and share it with you. But she's also never going to tell you X, Y, Z about yourself or tell you to do this or whatever it is. And so knowing that she was in the same mindset as me going into this made me feel a lot better because I knew that it was almost a reminder to me of this is just information right? Like a, this is probably not a hundred it's, I know it's not a hundred percent foolproof truth, right? Like it's this machine and it's taking general knowledge about you and doing the best it can. And then B, it reminded me that this is just information, right? Like part of the issue, right? With anything like the scales or clothing sizes, whatever it is, is it's not the number. It's what we've been taught to correlate to the number, right? So I kept reminding myself, this body assessment, this test, like it's like this scale thing and then you hold these levers and they send like electrodes through your body, whatever it is, whatever, to calculate body fat, body mass, muscle, etc., etc., all these things. And I just had to remind myself like, Elizabeth here is viewing this from someone with a lot of background experience and education in this field. And to her, like these are numbers that may or may not point her in a direction for how to help me train, right? And to me, the only reason these numbers could be triggering is because I have a negative association with them from the media or because there's a little chart saying if you're... XYZ result is 26, that's poor, right? And it's like, well, what the fuck average is that? Like, who are you averaging here (laughs) exactly, right? And like, everybody's different, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, we did the test. I saw my numbers and I'm not gonna lie, like some of the stuff just got to me, like seeing how it was rating like body fat, overall body fat with overall body muscle and the composition and blah, blah, blah. And Thankfully, Elizabeth was there and she was just like literally describing it as scientific information to me, right? And she wasn't saying you have to do this or you have to do that. She was just explaining like what it means. And it was comforting to have that mindset there and to try and remind myself once more, just because my weight is at this number does not have to mean anything about me. 
I lived so many years letting the number on the scale define my worth. If it rose past this number, I was suddenly horrible. You know, I needed to exercise. I needed to restrict. I needed to lose weight. And then if it swung too low, I'd be like, oh no, I'm falling back in old ways. Like I better maintain it again. And then if it like wavered anywhere from this like two to three pound range, I was just like automatically going from like, I'd fall into like emotional, like overeating, binge eating episodes to restriction to overexercising, et cetera. And I just spent years just like letting that number define me and define my worth as if that meant anything about me. And so then to go so long without seeing my weight and then to see a number on the scale that I can't remember seeing in a long, long time, like, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. It was a bit of a like, oh, fuck, did I really want to see this moment? (laughs) But I'm glad I did. Like reflecting on it now, I'm glad I did because as I'm saying in this conversation, it really pushed me to remind myself why these numbers and labels and just other triggers and moments like this can have such an effect on us. And it's because of the, just like the culture we live in, the messaging we're told, the media we're exposed to, and the beliefs that were really inflicted upon us by diet culture and by toxic fitness culture and all of that. And so it was hard. And there've been a few moments in the past, like a few days, maybe week where I'd be having a bad body image day and I would just like think back on the number I saw on the scale or the body fat percentage I saw, whatever it was. And I'm like, well, fuck, <laughs> like maybe this isn't body dysmorphia. Maybe this is just me. And then I'm like, no, Emily, that's not the fact. That's not true. And it is a struggle, right? Like I'm not going to lie, but I'm very happy that I'm at a place now where my self-awareness does kick in And I'm able to combat the thoughts that come in because that shows growth, right? Like I'm not here to just never have those thoughts again. Like they might pop in, they might blow through. But whereas in the past, you know, like a few years ago, even a year ago, had that thought come up, I would have almost just gone on autopilot and just followed the route, right? Like I wouldn't have challenged it. And it's almost like a quiet whisper in the back of your mind until next thing you know, you've lost weight or you've been over-exercising or you've been restricting or building fear foods again and then you're like oh fuck what happened but I'm now at a place where those thoughts come up and I am not on autopilot instead I have that self-awareness there and so I'm checking in with myself then I'm checking myself and I'm saying this is not the truth this is a belief momentary trigger but it is not the truth and no amount of working out no amount of restricting, no amount of other toxic diet culture traits or habits will actually make you feel better. These are just these dark whispers, dark voices in your head from years of trauma in this field of disordered eating and exercise obsession that's telling you to rely on old coping mechanisms. But that is not me, that is not you, that is not any of us, right? And that self-awareness, I think, is truly key for it. And then from that, challenging your thoughts, challenging yourself to view life in the macro, right? Reminding myself that these old habits and traits and things that I want to go back to, they're for the micro. They're like to appease those thoughts in my mind right now. But I know in the macro, they're not going to help my life be any better. What's going to help my life be better and what's going to help me live the most abundant, thriving life I could imagine 
is choosing the path most aligned with recovery. Choosing to keep eating, choosing to not use exercise as a distraction and addiction and obsession, choosing to have grace and compassion with my body, to rest, to fill my mind with awareness and gratitude and feel all the emotions and not try to distract or cover up or hide away. Like I, I don't know how else to describe it. You know, I feel like I've been rambling a bit here for the last few minutes, but that's just the essence of it. And so if there's anything I want you to take away from this episode and sort of (laughs) therapy session, I suppose, of me talking to the mic, it's that the reminder of how easy it is to live and view life in the micro and how that can really take away from what could be if we lived and if we viewed life through the macro lens. I'm referring to like micro macro photography lens idea. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) and then on that note as well, if you're struggling with your relationship to your body, to exercise, to movement, just know that it is a journey and a process and I'm right there with you. And I actually recorded an episode a few back with Helen Phelan on intuitive movement. And we discuss how toxic fitness culture and exercise addiction obsession can have such a impact on our bodies and mental health versus when we move intuitively and we build body awareness and move our bodies for much different reasons. So I highly recommend that episode. Um, Definitely well aligned with this mini solo as well. So if you're going through any of this, if you have, if you currently are, if you feel it creeping in, just know that I'm here. I hope you have someone else in your life as well you can talk to, but I'm always here if you need to message, DM, whatever it is, happy to discuss and talk this out with you. I just really hope it resonated in one way or another, Um, got you thinking, you know, got some thoughts going through your mind, whatever it be. I just hope this episode provided you with something. And so if that's the case, feel free to reich out on Instagram. I'm on there at Emily Feichels, linked below. And if you like this episode or others, you can always leave a rate and review, which helps the show so much. And you can share with a friend, you can share it on Instagram, whatever it is, it is very, very, very much appreciated. So without further ado, I'm going to wrap up this solo, but thank you all for listening as always. And until next time, bye.